and welcome to Genius Little Minds, the podcast about childhood mental health from the perspective of a licensed mental health professional. I'm Dr. Madeline Vieira, a clinical child psychologist specializing in infant mental health and childhood anxiety disorders. I'm also a mother of three girls ages 6, 4, and 2, so I can personally relate to a lot of the struggles parents go through. Raising healthy children is important. So, on each episode of Genius Little Minds, we'll dive into an aspect of childhood mental health. I'm here to shine a light on the tough issues that families like you are facing every day. Things like childhood mood disorders, anxiety, tricky family dynamics, and more. I'll guide you through the various aspects of children's mental health so you not only understand your child better, but also feel empowered as a parent to make decisions and help them seek treatment if it's needed. My mission is to demystify childhood mental health issues so you can connect with your child better and help them lead a healthy, happy life. Throughout the podcast, I'll help you understand the signs, symptoms, and treatments for various childhood psychological disorders. We'll talk about how you can best support your child in both school and at home and how to find professional help if necessary. Together, we'll navigate tough topics like infant attachment, toddler tantrums, signs of anxiety, ADHD and childhood depression, intrusive thoughts or obsessive behaviors, and so much more. So whether you're having trouble bonding with your newborn or you have an older child displaying behavioral difficulties, this podcast is for you. I work with infants and children with a wide range of mental health concerns. If you gain one thing from this podcast is that you are not alone. Thousands of families struggle with the same things that you do. And the good news is, help is available. I believe that with the right information, you can make empowered decisions for your family. On the last episode of Genius Law Minds, Episode 6, we talked about Autism Spectrum Disorder. In Episode 5, we talked about ADHD, which frequently presents with Oppositional Defying Disorder, our topic for today. So if you haven't already listened to it, make sure to check it out. Oppositional Defined Disorder, or ODD, is a behavior disorder that's typically diagnosed in childhood between the ages of 6 and 8 years. Typically, symptoms start before a child's 8th birthday, and it's rare for symptoms to develop after a child turns 12. Children with ODD are described as defiant, hostile, and exceptionally uncooperative. They argue, especially with authority figures. If you think this sounds like every toddler or teenager you know, think again. Children with ODD are often so angry they may punch walls or hit other kids. They may deliberately annoy others or engage in spiteful behavior. And you can forget about asking them nicely to follow the rules. That word doesn't even seem to be in their vocabulary. I want to be clear that children with ODD are not bad kids. They aren't necessarily acting out to be malicious. Rather, they don't fall under the category of behavior that society has deemed normal or appropriate. Sometimes there is a mismatch of an adult's request and a child's skill levels, which can result in behavior that seems oppositional. This is where understanding neurodiversity comes into play. Let me explain. Let's say a child who struggles with executive functioning has already created a plan for a project or a task. And then an adult comes along and imposes their own plan onto this child. A different plan. It can be really hard and distressing for a child with executive functioning challenges to shift their attention to what the adult wants from them. 
and use problem-solving skills at the drop of a hat. So they may act in a way that seems defiant or oppositional to the adult because they don't want to do what the adult has laid out for them. Celebrating neurodiversity and understanding these different perspectives can be useful when we're talking about any mental health issue, but especially ones that are a bit controversial, like ODD. Yes, there are challenges that come with ODD, of course, and we will get into those challenges. But there are also many strengths to celebrate in children with ODD. They may be brave, determined, expressive, assertive, more resourceful than the average child, etc. So, when seeking treatment, it's important to advocate for your child and educate yourself on neurodiversity like you're doing right now, so you can understand what your child is going through rather than looking at this disorder as purely a defined behavioral issue to be fixed. It's true, children with ODD aren't having your typical toddler tantrum or teenage rebellion. Just because your toddler learned the word no and loves saying it to everyone and everything, for example, does not mean they have oppositional defying disorder. If your adorable two-year-old has thrown their fork across the room once at mealtime or had a tantrum when it's time for bed, that doesn't mean they have ODD. For a parent of a child with ODD, things like screaming matches, angry or explosive behavior, expulsions from school, or daily rule-breaking are the norm. And it can be really hard on families. In children with ODD, the oppositional and defiant behavior is persistent, extreme, and significantly interferes with their ability to function in school or have relationships with others. It also has to be going on for at least six months in order to be diagnosed as ODD. So, what are some of the signs of oppositional defying disorder to look out for? There are three main categories of symptoms for ODD. There's anger and irritability, defiant and argumentative behavior, and vindictiveness. While all children will misbehave sometimes, especially when they're toddlers or teens, there's nothing quite like a door slamming match with your 17-year-old after you've grounded them, am I right? A child with ODD will have a history of behavioral problems. You'll ground them and they just won't care. They'll climb out the window five minutes after you send them to their room. I bet this sounds familiar. She's just being a brat. He's just testing your limits. Show him you're in control. You may have reached this kind of, shall we call it advice, in the past. But you still feel in your gut that something just isn't right. Your child has bigger reactions to situations than your friend's kids. Sure, sometimes their kids don't want to brush their teeth either, but eventually they give in and do it. Your kid, forget it. When they say they won't do it, they mean they won't do it. The intensity and frequency of the defined behavior is tenfold in kids with ODD. So if your child has ODD, you might notice they have frequent temper tantrums, argue with adults constantly, and I mean anything can become an argument. They refuse to do what they're told. They question authority figures and rules, purposefully annoy others, are irritable, easily annoyed, or angry a lot, and they may even have intense explosive anger to the point where they're punching walls, throwing things, or are physically violent toward others. They may also speak harshly, unkindly, or blame others for their own mistakes. And they may be vindictive or seek revenge. Needless to say, the behavior of a child with ODD can be quite distressing to peers, teachers, parents, or other people. 
but it's also probably incredibly difficult on the child struggling with these issues. So let's not just say they're a bad kid with behavior problems. Let's cultivate some compassion and seek understanding to get the full picture. It's so important that your child gets help if you think they do have ODD. In practically every podcast episode, you'll hear me say how important early intervention and treatment is. And it's really true. Left untreated, severe oppositional defined disorder can become conduct disorder, which is a more serious delinquency version of ODD. But when treated early, prognosis is much better. Studies have shown that ODD symptoms resolve within three years in about 67% of children with a diagnosis. If you think your child may have ODD based on the behaviors I just described, ask yourself these questions. Does your child frequently get into trouble at school for being physically aggressive, hitting or pushing other children? Has your child gotten in trouble for throwing things in class? And I don't just mean a paper airplane or a pencil. It may be something as big as, say, a chair. Do consequences seem to have zero effect on your child to the point where you either give in to their demands or stop trying to discipline them altogether because you're just too darn tired to keep arguing? Some days, do you wonder if your child is purposefully trying to make you angry? Do they seem to bait you or their classmates, picking fights on purpose or doing things that annoy others to get a rise out of them? Does it seem impossible to have a conversation with your child without it turning into an argument? If these behaviors sound familiar, your child may suffer from oppositional defiant disorder. I want to mention here that cultural differences and expectations also come into play when looking at this behavioral disorder. What's appropriate or acceptable in one culture may not be in another. So how common is ODD anyway? If we're just looking at the general population, it's estimated that between 2 and 16% of children and adolescents have ODD. But ADHD, or Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, is a huge risk factor. As I mentioned before, episode 5 of Genius Little Minds was on ADHD. So make sure to listen to that episode if you think your child has oppositional defined disorder, since the two often go hand in hand. If there are 10 children with ADHD in a classroom, at least 4 of those children will also have oppositional defined disorder. That's a really high number. And some studies estimate that as many as 60% of people with ADHD also have ODD. The reverse is also true, of course, and it's estimated that about 50% of children with ODD also have ADHD. You may be wondering, what causes ODD? There isn't an exact source we can point to that says, this is what causes oppositional defined disorder. However, there are several factors that can contribute to a child developing it. I can hear you thinking, oh no, I bet bad parenting is on that list. I knew my child's mental health issues were all my fault. The answer is a bit more complicated than that. Parent-child relationships do play a significant role in a child's development and mental health. But so do genetics and their environment. We can't point to one singular event or parenting method to explain your child's behavior. Sometimes children are just born with a temperament that makes them more susceptible to developing ODD. So let's talk through some of the risk factors together. We'll tackle the parent-child relationship first, since that's what most parents are probably the most afraid of. I can already feel the anxiety through the airwaves. If you're worried your child has ODD, and this means you've done everything wrong as a parent and you've screwed up your child for life, let me assure you, that's not the case. But you may want to think about your child's home life and the ways in which you discipline. Are you fairly consistent? 
Or are you overly harsh sometimes while other times you're more lax? Maybe you're too exhausted to have the same screaming match over video games again, so you ease up on the rules a bit or change them altogether. Every parent has good days and bad days. There's just no way around it. Some days we're just too tired or overwhelmed to do the parenting thing perfectly. And the truth is, there's no such thing as perfect parenting. There's only good enough or good enough for today. And sometimes good enough for today means the kids stay up past bedtime playing video games because you can't muster the energy to try to reinforce a rule for the 15th time. But this can mean that we accidentally reinforce negative behaviors with our parenting styles. Doing this every so often isn't a big deal. But chronic inconsistency with discipline is a risk factor for a child developing ODD. In essence, if a child learns that they can play their game if they ignore you 14 times, they're going to ignore you 14 times to get their way. Parenting strategies are one of the treatment options we'll talk about a bit later. So don't go anywhere just yet. Other risk factors that have to do with the family system include lack of supervision, poverty, an unstable home life, exposure to violence, aggressive behaviors, substance abuse, and exposure to trauma, such as abuse or neglect. A chaotic, stressful home life can contribute to mental health problems. There's just no way around that. So, it's important to take a good look in the mirror and see how your home environment may be contributing to your child's behavior. You may be thinking, now, wait a minute, I've given my child everything. Nothing you've described sounds like our family. There's no violence, no drugs, the rules are clear, easy to follow, and my child still has these out-of-control outbursts and anger issues. Children with ODD have a harder time regulating their emotions or tolerating frustration than others. And they're just born that way. We often see ODD occurring simultaneously with other mental health disorders such as ADHD, depression, anxiety disorders, bipolar disorder, conduct disorder, and learning disorders. But where's the line between causation and correlation? If a child is used to being rejected, criticized, and controlled because of their behavioral issues, their self-concept will be negatively impacted. So doesn't it make sense they might develop anxiety or depression? I think it's important to approach this disorder with an open mind and a compassionate heart. Roughly one in three children with ODD will develop conduct disorder, which is a more serious disorder characterized by aggression and criminal activity like destruction of property or stealing. Children who don't get treated for oppositional defined disorder are also more likely to get involved in delinquency and are at an increased risk of developing substance abuse problems. I'm not telling you this to scare you, but rather to show you how important it is to seek treatment and get your child the help he or she needs before things spiral out of control. Your family can work together to tackle ODD with the right treatment and resources. You may be wondering how ODD is diagnosed. A medical doctor or mental health professional like a child psychologist or psychiatrist can diagnose ODD. It's likely they'll want to talk to you, the parent or caregiver, and your child to conduct an assessment. They may also want to speak to your child's teachers and conduct an assessment at school, depending on where your child exhibits their ODD symptoms. Some children only display them at school, others only at home. It varies. A standard questionnaire may also be used. It may sound crazy, but your child could be an absolute angel at school and be a terror at home. Don't let this fool you. They could still have ODD. Let me explain. 
the severity of oppositional defined disorder can vary from mild to moderate to severe. If the symptoms only show up in only one setting, such as at home, it's usually determined to be a mild case. If they show up in two settings, like both school and home, it's moderate. If it shows up in three or more settings, it's severe. So if your child's teacher sings his praises, congratulates you on what an awesome kid you have, and then at home you're dealing with a bossy tyrant who won't listen to a word you say, you're not alone. ODD works in mysterious ways. But defined behavior that only occurs at home, if it's severe and long-lasting enough, can still be ODD. Let's talk about treatment options. While it's fairly common for children to show some defiance toward authority figures, ODD significantly impairs a child's ability to function in school or at home. Age, the severity of symptoms, and comorbidity will help determine the plan of action your child's doctor wants to take. With treatment, most children with ODD will improve over time. About two-thirds of children diagnosed with ODD overcome the disorder and don't show behavioral symptoms anymore by the time they're 18. Isn't that great news? There's no cure for ODD, but part of the treatment plan will typically include addressing underlying issues like dysfunction within the family systems and treating any comorbid coexisting disorders such as ADHD. Every family has their special brand of dysfunction, so don't let that word discourage or frighten you. Family therapy will help you see where you can improve and teach you strategies to discourage your oppositional behavior. Normally, treatment for ODD does not require medication, unless another disorder, which does, is being treated simultaneously. So if your child has both ODD and ADHD, for example, your child's doctor or psychiatrist may prescribe ADHD medication as part of the treatment to help bring your child some relief. ODD can be very taxing for parents and difficult on siblings. Family therapy can help improve communication skills, suggest systemic changes that need to be made within the family unit, and provide support for the entire family. Being involved in your child's treatment plan is important. Share your concerns, goals, and hopes with your child's care team. Parent management training may be recommended to help you learn how to manage your child's behavior. You'll be taught positive reinforcement techniques and how to discipline effectively. Cognitive behavioral therapy can help with problem solving, communication, impulse control, and anger management. In therapy, your child may role-play scenarios he might encounter with family or friends and practice more adaptive, appropriate behaviors. Getting things right in the therapy room can help your child rebuild his or her self-esteem. Over time, your child will start to feel successful and proud and their more adaptive behaviors will become more frequent. Peer group therapy may also be recommended to help your child develop interpersonal skills and improve socializing with peers. ODD can be hard on friendships. Peer group therapy provides a safe space for children with ODD to practice getting their social interactions right. Treatment for ODD, like any mental health challenge, can take time. Sometimes a family needs to try multiple therapists or therapies before finding what works. If you've been with us for a while, you know that the last portion of the podcast is where I take caller questions. On every episode, we hear from parents from all over the world in the hopes that we'll help you get some clarity on how to help your child. 
Hi, I'm Natalia. I'm calling from St. Petersburg, Russia. I'm the mother of a beautiful five-year-old boy who is an angel at school and absolute terror at home. From what his teachers tell me, he follows all the rules and is never in trouble. He's thoughtful towards his peers, has tons of friends, is generous and caring, and... And then, when he gets home, it's like a switch flips. He becomes verbally cruel, sometimes physically abusive, hitting or kicking me and his father. He manipulates us to get his way. You know, one minute we're hugging and the next he's screaming at the top of his lungs because I ask him to pick up a toy. I feel so helpless and emotionally drained to the point that I I dread being alone with my own child. I feel like a horrible mother. I know something isn't quite right. What can I do to help my son and to improve the situation? Hi Natalia, thanks for calling in. It can be so difficult to know that something is wrong with your child but not know how to help. I'm happy to share some guidance. What you're describing sounds like a phenomenon termed after-school restraint collapse. It is common for children to work really hard holding their feelings in all day at school. They feel the weight of the expectations on them at school and focus intently to be able to follow all the rules. When they get home, they finally feel comfortable enough to let all their feelings out and they often come out in less than positive ways. Children scream, cry, or whine, or they may show anger and disrespect, possibly through physical violence. After-school restraint collapse can also be caused by overstimulation or fatigue from the number of hours that children are in school. It could also be the result of some fear or anxiety that your child is experiencing at school. A great place to start addressing these difficulties is to narrow down the reason why your son is feeling this way. Perhaps before he goes to school for the day or another time when he is calm and in a good mood, ask him, what do you feel before you arrive and start your day at school? What do you feel while you're at school? And what do you feel when you get home from school? He may say, well, I get so tired of having to listen and being quiet and sitting in my seat all day long at school. It makes me want to scream and yell. Or he may say something else entirely about struggling to understand the lessons or get along with his peers. Listen fully to his answer to better understand the root of the problem. If he struggles with how to communicate how he is feeling, you can help him fill in statements like, I feel because. He may fill that in, I feel angry because I want to play outside right away. Or, I feel mad because my brain is buzzing. These statements will help you understand his needs and be better able to meet him right where he is. Try to find activities that your son enjoys and finds relaxing and make them the first thing on the schedule when he arrives home. These activities could range from taking a bike ride to listening to music to playing in the playground or simply sitting quietly in a calming environment with preferred toys. If your son can't express to you exactly what he thinks would help him, Try a variety of activities until you find what works best. Consistently give him the space he needs to decompress. Try not to ask him a lot of questions about his day or jump into any homework he has before he's had time for a brain break. 
when he expects this time as a part of the routine, he may be less likely to feel a need to lash out. Finally, try to find small ways that you can stay connected to your child throughout his day at school. You could leave a note in his lunchbox, wear matching bracelets, or give him a photo of you and him or of a preferred book character he has a book of at home to look at. This may help him feel more secure and comfortable at school, lessening the anxiety and pent-up feelings he needs to get out when he gets home. Your son, you, and his father alike deserve to be safe in your home. If these strategies don't seem to work, consider partnering with a mental health professional to help everyone in your home be healthy and happy. Your son may have a mild form of ODD or another mental health illness that would be greatly benefited from help from a professional. Hello, this is Jake and I'm phoning in from Adelaide, Australia. Uh, I'm calling because my seven-year-old was expelled for throwing a chair at a teacher. Uh, as a preschooler, he had serious tantrums to the point where his teacher pulled me aside and said Look, they weren't typical tantrums like other kids have. He's punched walls, he'll have five or more tantrums, sometimes a day. I've taken him to the doctor to check if he has ADHD, but he didn't meet enough criteria to receive a formal diagnosis. I'm seriously concerned about my child. And my wife and I are so burned out trying to control him that we're at a loss for what to do. Um, he steals things from our bedroom, the garage, his sister. Uh, some days he refuses to get dressed for school and I've got to drag him out of the house in his pyjamas. I'm terrified that I'm failing him as a parent, uh, but I'm also exhausted and feel so hopeless. Uh, is there anything uh, that you can recommend? Parenting strategies we should try? At this point, we'll do anything. Hello, Jake. Thanks for reaching out for advice. I know what it feels like to be at the end of your rope when parenting. Know that you are not failing as a parent. You are a great parent for continuing to love him and continue to get him the help he needs. Since this has happened in both preschool and his current school, it is likely not a problem with a specific teacher or student. Try to start a dialogue with your son when he is not angry or worked up. Ask him. I know that you haven't been feeling well lately and that you're often really upset. What makes those feelings grow inside of you? If the problem is overstimulation, he may say, everything is bothering me. The teacher's voice and the pencil sharpener is so loud. My clothes are itchy. My head hurts. If the problem is more like a learning disability, he may say, well, I just don't understand anything. It's hard to read my workbook and the teacher's board. I can't do the math. It's all too hard. He may also describe things that are happening while he's at home. Listen closely and sympathize with his feelings by saying, it must be so difficult to have these big feelings. Let's think about ways that we can improve these to make it easier for you. There are also a few parenting techniques you can try. First, set age-appropriate limits with clear, consistently enforced consequences. It can feel extra difficult to maintain boundaries and rules with a child that often has outbursts and extreme reactions. However, children need to know what is expected of them to be able to shape their behavior. Make it very clear that stealing and violence aren't allowed and outline clearly the consequences that will follow those actions. Next, build on the positives. I know that some days it can feel like there are no positives to be found. However, you can look for small moments of flexibility or cooperation that your son shows and praise them excitedly. As your son finds that positive behavior is what gets him attention, he may choose it more often. 
Commit to times of connection with your son. Spend quality time each day, at least 15 minutes, one-on-one, doing activities that your son enjoys and help you bond. You want him to feel secure in your relationship and his home, and these times will help build that. Finally, if you feel your own anger rising up as you interact with your son, take a break from the situation. Not only will this help you not do or say things that you will regret, but it will also demonstrate to your son how he should handle his anger. You can say to him, I need to calm down. I'm going to go take some deep, slow breaths, and then I'll be back. If possible, let him watch you walk away. Engage in whatever measures you use to calm down, and then return to the conversation level-headed. Children learn by watching, and this will be a great example for him to follow. I would highly recommend going to a psychologist or other mental health professional to have your son evaluated. Your doctor may have been looking for an ADHD diagnosis and missed other possible diagnoses along the way. A mental health professional will be able to recommend a variety of therapies for your son, you and your wife, and close family like grandparents. If your son is suffering from a mental illness, these parenting techniques will not be enough to help him process his emotions. Your son may benefit from cognitive behavioral therapy to help control his anger and other feelings and peer group therapy if your son struggles to interact and socialize with peers. You and your wife may benefit from parent management training and family therapy can also be useful to get everyone to communicate better and be equipped with tools to succeed. There are many resources available regardless of your son's diagnosis and or lack thereof. The hardest part is simply finding the one that works for your family. Persevere. You can do it. Hi, my name is Katerina from Athens, Greece. My eight-year daughter was diagnosed with ODD 18 months ago. It's been so incredibly difficult on our family. The biggest challenge we face is school. I, I can't get her to go. If she does go, typically she lacked out, have violent outbursts, and I have to leave work to pick her up early. This happens at least once a week. I'm grateful I still have my job. I, I think part of her difficulty with school is maybe she's bored? I just don't understand what else it could be. Um, last week... All she wanted to do was paint. A few months ago, she went, she went through a baking phase. I tried to give her as much stability, structure and engage in activities as possible. We go to playgrounds, the zoo, have regular play dates, vacation when we can. I even offered to let her take swimming or guitar lessons. She can be such a lovely, vibrant child and... And I just don't understand why she hates going to school so much. Any advice, any advice would be greatly appreciated. Hi, Katerina. Thanks for calling in. A diagnosis like ODD for your child can feel like a relief and a terrible burden at the same time. Let me give you a few strategies to try. With the problem happening most often at school, it may be best to first start there. See if your daughter's school has a school psychologist or school counselor that you can talk to about your concerns. They can be a great asset to help you partner with your daughter's teacher and help you formulate a plan to help her return to school and be successful. 
they may also be able to connect you with other mental health professionals that will help your daughter. You could also look into getting an accommodation for your daughter. Since she has a diagnosed mental illness, she may be able to get extra support in the classroom. You can ask the school psychologist or the principal about this to see if it's something that they can offer. Your daughter may be able to shed more light on what is happening at school. Try to start a conversation with open-ended questions like, what emotions do you feel while you're at school? Before your teachers call me, what is happening in the classroom? What is happening inside of you? She may describe anger by saying, the kids look at me funny like a zoo animal. It makes me feel funny inside, so I scream and kick to get it out. Or she may talk about the teachers by saying, There are so many rules and I just don't want to follow them. The teacher tells me I have to sit and do this worksheet right now, right this minute, but I don't want to do it. It puts so much pressure on me. Respond with kindness and emphasize, I know it must be really hard to be in that situation. Let's talk about ways we can make this better together. It is wonderful of you to work hard to keep your daughter active and learning, but with a diagnosis of ODD, your daughter likely needs more tools in her tool belt to handle her symptoms. Most children with ODD greatly benefit from cognitive behavioral therapy. CBT can teach them how to change their thought patterns and thus change their behavior in specific situations. A psychologist using CBT will be able to work with your daughter to develop more beneficial ways of thinking that will help her make good choices. Since your daughter struggles in the social setting of school, she also may benefit from peer group therapy or social skills training. Each of these options will help her learn better how to interact with others and learn what is expected of her in various social settings. You could also try family therapy to help you better understand one another and to give you more strategies to meet your daughter's needs. Once you're working with a mental health professional, you may ask them to look for any comorbidities such as ADHD or a learning disability. While it's likely her ODD plays a role in her behavior at school, there may be something else going on as well. It can feel like a never-ending journey to find the treatment that works for your daughter. Nonetheless, you will find it. You will get there. Just keep taking one step at a time. I hope today's episode on childhood ODD was helpful. Raising a child with ODD can feel overwhelming, but help is available. And you're already doing a great job right here, right now, educating yourself about this behavioral disorder. Here are three key points to remember about ODD. One, family therapy and parent behavior management training can be extremely helpful in treating ODD. Involve yourself in the treatment as much as possible so you and your child can work on your relationship and rebuild a sense of trust and mutual respect. Two, about 50% of children with ODD also have ADHD. So speak to your child's doctor to rule out any comorbid disorders. Three, when treated early, roughly 67% of kids with ODD will no longer have symptoms within three years. I hope that encourages and heartens you. If you listened to today's episode and thought, whoa, that sounds a lot like my child, then please consult a mental health professional and keep educating yourself about ODD. Raising a child with ODD can be tough, but things can get better. Your child can learn behavior management and learn to make healthier, more adaptive choices. And you can learn how to parent your child more effectively, so the whole family is happier. I hope you enjoyed this episode on ODD. 
stay tuned because on the next episode, we'll dive into infant mental health for newborns up to 12 months old and cover topics like attachment styles, playing behaviors, infant brain development, eating and sleeping patterns, and so much more. If you've ever wondered how to bond with your newborn and how many hours a day your baby should be sleeping, and when you'll start seeing them wiggle their fingers or suck their thumb, which is so adorable, by the way, then this episode is for you. See you next time. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode.